welcome to another episode of um, the DMC. The DMC is the mini-sode of DM Talks, Deep Meaningful Conversation. I'm your host, DM Sarah, aka Sarah DM, and I'm so excited to have my guest on today because we're going to have, uh, I just know it's going to be vibes, like I know it's going to have a great conversation. I Vibes, no cartel. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Basically, I have been following this. Um, I've been following this one on TikTok for a hot minute. I have been laughing, dancing, shaking yash with this person via TikTok for literally like a maybe like a year or so now. So I'm so excited to um, well ask you introduce you onto the virtual stage. Welcome, Georgine. Hi. 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 I'm so shy. Oh, <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah, I'm so shy. No, I'm not, but I'm shy. Today? I'm very, very well. I'm very well. Thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm so grateful for you coming today. I know we had a little chat before the podcast started, but um, honestly, you were just so vibes. Like, you were so funny, and I don't think you understand how much you make me laugh. And like, even now, now, so now that we follow each other on TikTok, I'm, I'm gassed because now I get the friends only content as well. So I'm there, yeah, like I've got extra tea, I've got extra things. <laughs> Honestly, thank you for everything you've given us on TikTok. How are you doing? <laughs> well, first of all, thank you so much for the support. I, it really means a lot. And I'm trying to be better at taking compliments and not deflecting and actually be like, thank you. But it does mean a lot. Like I said to you before we started um, recording, um, just hearing those words of encouragement, it really means a lot to keep going and keep pushing forward. So thank you to you, because without people like you, I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be having the confidence to do this. I'm not a confident person, like on a public platform anyways. It's yeah. very hard to be. So to have words of encouragement, it's just... Means a lot. Thank well, you. No, I'm grateful because that's the thing. Like I'm like I'm literally the biggest hype girl like you'll ever meet. I'm just there gassing people up. Like they but they might not know who I am, but I'll be there in the comments like me. You do the best. You do the best. I'm so proud of you. I love it. I love doing that. When I'm in the club, I'm just going up to people like, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's what I live to do. I'm a hype man. Professional. <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered another TikTok. See, this is how my brain works. I'll be talking and then you'll say something or remind me of something else. But I remember mm. when you're like, when this when the pandemic shuts, I'll be in the club. I'll be in the club and then it stitches to you. You're like, oh, I didn't expect to be in the club like this. And you're in the security uniform. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. This is my message. I say this all the time, but be specific. When you walk into the universe, don't be scared to be specific because I feel like the universe is trying to be like in a comedic bag sometimes. And it's like, this isn't funny because I'm experiencing your twisted comedy. Okay. I said, I want to be in a club. I didn't say I want to work in a club. And there's a very big difference between those two. A very, very big difference. Honestly, no, it makes me laugh so much. And you're right, be specific with your manifestations because oh, they'll come exactly. true. They'll come true. And then what then? Because you're in the club. <laughs> you're in the club. I'm in the club. The universe is going to be like, well, you're, are you not in the club right now? Are you in the building? You're in an empty warehouse that people like to call a club. You're in a club. What now? What else did you want? You didn't You didn't say what you want to be doing in the club, but you're in the club, no? <laughs> no, honestly, like, just thank you for the content and thank you for the laughs because you're literally just vibes. Um, no, and I'm also mad grateful for you to come on this episode today because... Thank you. A couple, maybe not a couple of weeks ago, I know this podcast episode is coming later than... Later 
Um, then when the ep- when the show finished, but I don't care if you don't want to listen, listen to another episode. <laughs> Basically, no, you're gonna listen. No, 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 they're gonna listen. <laughs> they're gonna listen. But like you know them ones who are people who are like, oh, no spoilers, no spoilers. It's been finished for literally three months. Oh, not three months, but two months. My thing is as well, like when it comes to those shows, I feel like it's, I I personally like watching shows and watching reviews when I've digested it myself and I've okay. had my own opinions. I feel like people are scared to form their own opinions. And then I like to feel like, okay, this is what someone else is thinking. This is what someone else is thinking. You know what I mean? It's nice to get that different viewpoint. I feel like not a lot of people, they want to, they want the content as soon as the episode ends. Like as soon as the season ends, all right, everyone get on you. It's like, That's damn, we have the time to digest what what. You're right, you're right. Let me me rewind that. I normally have a glitch sound in my podcast, so a glitch sound will come here. Basically, um, in this week's mini-sode, me and Georgine are going to be talking about the famous um, cinematography... I was about to say cinematography. I can't even speak. (laughs) Don't ask me, I'm dyslexic. (laughs) (laughs) I barely know English. (laughs) That's the only language I do know. I can't grasp it. <laughs> but me and Georgine are going to be talking about the famous show, uh, one of the most talked about shows of the past like three years now yeah. is um, Euphoria. And um, I made a promise to myself um, this year. I was like, Sarah, you spend maybe a third of your life streaming TV shows or streaming anything. Um, if you're streaming shit, you have to review it, okay? So I'm so grateful to have Georgine on today because um, a couple months ago, I saw you talking on TikTok Live discussing one of the episodes and I was laughing so much in the comments that I was like, nah, I need to have this episode with you because I don't know who else to talk about it. And euphoria, euphoria, like, I guess let's just jump straight in, right? So you've watched season one, season two. If yeah. actually, I'll give a little synopsis for those who don't know about the show. It basically follows um, maybe eight or eight to ten, I can't remember, teenagers who are through high school, and they've all got their own blessings and problems. Some are, I'd say, one of the show. The show is very gender fluid, which I really love. It doesn't. Yeah. Um, right through the lens of gender. So it really gets the opportunity to discuss these characters in a multi, multi-dimensional way, whether you see their upbringing, whether you see them, their relationships, whether you see their drug use, whether you see their like sex, sexual activity. And um, yeah, it just makes a very realistic, um, although very, very pretty and sometimes very problematic experience of teenagers. Um, someone said to me, no, I'm not even said to me, someone said on TikTok or Twitter once, it's like Skins Yassified. No, I've never watched Skins. I'm so sorry. You've never watched Skins? I know. It was, it was past my, it was past my, my mom did believe in those shows. So, no, okay. I, it was, and then it was kind of like just before me. Yeah. So it was like just I remember I was watching things like Misfits, but Skins, it was on a later end. And I yeah. have this thing where if a show has more than like four seasons, that's it, you're done. You don't want me to watch it, that's it. I can't. But I've, I've, I've seen clips of it online. And Skins, what I saw from Skins, I don't know, yeah. what y'all were watching? That's the thing. I like, I, I mean, I should have not been watching it at my age. Do you know what I mean? Like I have an older brother. He would watch the, you know, when you're like, you've got a sibling or a cousin, like that's watching something. So you're like, what's that? Yeah. 
it, it was one of them ones. But then uh, when I grew older, I watched Skins. But um, yeah, no, Euphoria, it's very colourful. It, it's beautifully shot. Um, one of the Beautiful. main characters is Zendaya, and she narrates the whole show. Um, you've also got the likes of Hunter Schaefer, um, Alexa Demi, um, Barbara, no, Barbie Ferreira. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a really, really good cast. But um, yeah, we're going to get into it. We're going to review the show. So I've got some few questions for you. And my yes. first question is, how did you feel after the, this season? I felt, I felt, honestly, the main feeling I was feeling was anger. Okay. I have never wanted to grab someone, Sam Levinson. I have never wanted to grab someone by their hair, by that receding hairline, and just go to town on him. Because I was like, we, we were setting up for something so great. Like, when um they were, like, doing, like, the promos to the show and, like, all the actors were tweeting about him, Zendaya was like, this is about to be really heavy. I'm like, okay, cool, like, let's get into it. A season, I mean, not season, episode from, like, episode one to, like, Five. I remember being like to my friend, okay, this is great, but we are only going to get eight episodes in this season. Mm-hmm. We have, I don't feel like we're going anywhere. Like, I don't feel like we're going anywhere. And then I just feel like he just, that last episode, he just, everything we had worked so hard to build, just down, just mm-hmm. crashed out. And I was like, this, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. Like, but I was just, honestly, it was just anger. It was just anger. It was just like, I was just like, honestly, I, I remember telling myself, like, if season three comes out, I'm not going to watch it. Because you guys mm. have just pissed me off. You've just, no, just irritated. You've just really irritated. It's so jarring because the thing is, with season two, season one, phenomenal. Season one, every character had the storyline. Every character had the right um, amount of drama. I didn't think that one overplayed the other. If anything, probably um, Jules and um, Rue, but they're like the main characters, aren't they? Like, it follows their story a bit more so than other people. But I thought they really was centered, they were championed. I love their relationship because, well, I, I wasn't a fan of their relationship, but I love their relationship on TV. You know, like if it annoys yeah. me, if it excites me, you're doing a good job. And even Hunter Schaefer, I can't believe this is her first acting role because the way that she's crying, you are selling. You she are was really selling. in her acting bag. When I found out this was her first acting gig, I was like, are you sure? Honestly, Are you sure? incredible. You weren't were the drama queen in your in your younger years. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Honestly, go off. Absolutely amazing. But what I didn't like about season two is that they picked up storylines and dropped them. So, like with um, Rue and Jules, um, that couple was toxic for each other but they were displaying it in a way that wasn't like satisfying i think it sort of catapulted when um you know that episode when rue's fighting her um mum and then jules is yeah. in the back she's like because i told her and yeah oh, that episode that moment in particular gave me chills from my body to my soles of my feet because that just showed you about how you can love someone but you know how addiction is going to um, 
get the worst of them. So you need to act out, out of love, but also that's that's betrayal as well. Yeah. And then it's a betrayal yeah. that you need because what this person does. Yeah, it's very true. I feel like as well, um, online I was seeing a lot of discourse about people being like, oh, Jules is terrible for what she did to Rue. And I'm like, clearly you guys have never been in, like I would never want to be friends with you guys that are saying all this because it's like you have at some point you've got to put an end to someone's behavior you've got to step in and be like listen this isn't just like a little puff puff pass and we're all just chilling and like Mm -hmm. no you are actually an an addict you went as far as to go to a drug dealer create this whole elaborate scheme and just to get drugs for the free You weren't thinking about the consequences of your actions. You weren't thinking that this is a drug dealer, no matter how sweet that little white woman's voice was. Like she is danger. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it has to be. It has to be put to an end. I'm not gonna lie. Who who I really didn't like was um, Elliot because he he knew where the drugs came from. Mm. He knew where the drugs came from. And my theory was because I was trying to hold on to like a little bit of hope. I was like, well, we know from the special episodes um, that. Rue is not a relatable, uh, not relatable. She's not a reliable narrator. Like yeah. when she said that, oh, they got lip tattoos, that never happened. Mm. You know what I mean? So in my head, I was like, maybe she didn't actually tell Elliot and she thought she did. So yeah. Elliot himself doesn't know where the drugs came from. But I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Um, he knew where the drugs came from because he took some of the drugs, I believe. So it's like, you didn't say anything as well. You didn't say, oh, maybe we shouldn't throw away the drugs because because of the danger it's just like but I completely understand why Jules did it though like what Jules was doing sleeping with Elliot was wrong but you can be wrong and right at the same time like that's the thing of being a human there isn't just a clear wrong or right path like to some people what I consider wrong you might consider right you Mm -hmm. know vice versa I just feel like it was it was such it was such a hard episode to watch but everyone everyone was in their acting bag that episode mm-hmm. everyone was in their acting bag that episode. incredible yeah incredible like the episode that we're talking about i can't remember the name you know what i should have probably actually wrote this down before <laughs> i came up i'm gonna try and scan it on my phone but the episode um where it comes out that Zendaya, the Zendaya's character Rue, um, has been taking drugs. Jules let her mum know. Um, Zendaya and her, well, Rue and her mum have a massive fight, and then Rue goes running up and down, up and down all of LA <laughs> to yeah. get drugs because she's trying to avoid her hangover. Not hangover. She's trying to avoid her calm down. Um, she also exposes another massive storyline during this rundown, which is um, Cassie, who's played by Swid- Sydney Sweetie, I think. Um, her her character is um, sleeping with her best friend's ex, Nate Jacobs. When I get my hands on Nate Jacobs, <laughs> when I get my hands on that Nathaniel Jacobs, let me let me let me get access to a knife because people are trying to do. Oh, this person would end him with psychological no. We need to actually end that. Like, he is one of the sickest people I think I've ever watched on TV. And what is so scary is that he's so young. Like, if this is what he's doing at the tender age of, like, 17, I think he's kind of supposed to be, like, 17, 18. Yeah. What do you think he's going to be doing when he's, like, 25? 
dirty five, you know? 100%. But the thing is, I love it because I think he's so realistic. I can't lie. I grew up in a predominantly white area and I met a lot of middle class. I know. (laughs) Um, My, what was I saying? Grew up in a middle class white area. I met middle class white men who love power and I think because I was able to see those similarities in Nate as in that narcissism as in that manipulation as in I'm right and I'll do anything to protect what's mine it made it so realistic so like when I'm I don't like Nate Jacobs but I shout out to Jacob or Lordy the actor who plays him because the way that they're able to shape their conversation the way that they can be alluring the way that they can be a bit like cold but like very confident at the same time is great acting but the thing is what I didn't like about this like storyline is that like it was hyped up so 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 much throughout the show and it didn't really get like a satisfying it's do you know what it is it's like Stephen Levinson what is it is that the name Stephen Levinson who Who's yeah, it? yeah, yeah. So it's not is it Stephen who... or is it Stephen Levinson? I have no idea. I can't remember. Sam you know, Levinson. Sam, that's it. That's it. Sam, yeah, Sam. It felt like he was teasing us with this secret, teasing, 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 teasing. Rue dropped the ball, right? Exposed the whole thing, and I loved how Rue dropped it because that was absolutely that comedic timing, amazing. But mm. then we didn't get enough attention on um, the aftermath. I think. Jacob, he was able to still come out on top because he was able to manoeuvre and control the situation. But what about Maddie's uh, mental health? Um, Cassie um, can use her white tears to help. No, not even just her white tears, but her white tears and being a blonde white woman and being like, ha, 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 to like um, undermine the situation. She thinks that she's more vulnerable because she wasn't, because they weren't going out at the same time. It doesn't matter if you guys weren't going, if it, if Maddie and um, Nate weren't going out, you still disrespected your friend by sleeping with the ex, especially when the friend wanted to get back with him. But it's the fact that not- they sort of relied on this trope of like, oh, look, Cassie has daddy issues. Cassie's been through this. Cassie's been like that. She's able to encourage this victimhood. Whereas Maddie, she like, she's a person despite her trauma. She has that like, warrior archetype that um, a lot of women don't, I mean, a woman grow into it. And that's the sad thing about our society. Like a lot of women kind of like, I don't know. Okay, let me retract my words. I think some women don't like to be angry and they like to be mm. like, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And I think the people that have the privilege of being meek and mild and sensitive and having adhered to are allowed to move like Cassie. And that means they can't be held accountable. But the people that move like um, Maddie are going to be branded as aggressive. And it's like, babe, I have a right to be aggressive. And and not only that, I think that's where uh, Sam Levinson's shortcomings um, showed up because he he's the only writer on the show. He's the only writer on the show. Now, my special power, a lot of people know this, my special power, give me a topic, I can link it back to race. I can tell mm-hmm. you how... A- a tree that grows apples is linked to slavery in the 80s. You know, like, I promise you I can. I promise you I can. Um, but that's where the shortcomings show up. That's where we need 
um, women in the writing room, we need people of colour in the writing room, we need diversity in the writing room because 100. you as a straight, cis, white man cannot, no matter, it doesn't matter, cannot write a character, cannot write a woman of colour, cannot write a man of colour. You don't have those experiences. And I feel like... <clears throat> Him focusing so much on Cassie tells people like, oh, well, it makes up to some degree, makes people sympathize with Cassie. Like at some point I was like, well, I've, and then I had to like snap into it. And I'm like, no, um, not only that, because not only did, it's not only just a sensitive situation of, oh, that's my friend's ex. That's, uh, you've watched this friend be abused by this man. That's as simple as it is. You've watched this man be abused by this man. You were her shoulder to cry on. You've seen and felt the horrific things that he has done to your friend. What makes you think that you're indifferent? You know what I mean? And I feel like it... Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but this is the wildness of white womanhood. This is the wildness of white womanhood because they, Makassi's character generally thinks that he will do that to Maddie, he won't do that to her. And And you have to think about why. Because she thinks she's, into, she's into, she thinks she's better. She thinks she's more yeah. entitled. She thinks she can. She thinks that it's her God-given right. And it's wild and because I've seen so many white women think that they will be above what people have done because of their whiteness and they won't be able to link it to whiteness. But here, me, because I can see patterns, because I also have that power that you have, it's because you're a white woman who's blonde who hasn't been told no many times. So when they get that abruptness or that misconfusion, now they're all distraught. Now they're crying and they're upset mental health. And it's yeah. like, babe, you're not the only one. And I think as well, I think a lot of the time what uh, what I've experienced with white women is they feel this, I have this, me as a black woman, I have this like, um, confidence and stuff like that, but they don't see the behind the scenes. They don't see when I'm in my room by myself crying because if they are allowed to go to the real world and cry. They're allowed to cry on a, on center stage and get that sympathy. I'm not going to get that. Like I'm simply not. There's been times because I'm very much a crier. Like I'm, and that's on my page. Like I'm trying to make it very clear that I'm a sensitive person. I'm a crybaby. I've always been a crybaby. I don't think I will ever stop being a crybaby because I don't want people to think, oh, you're this strong, independent black woman. No, Never. no, I'm not. Mm. I'm recently and I was telling my friend this as well I have hopped into my dumb blonde bag like I have hopped into it's better I see that it's beneficial for other people why is it not beneficial for me I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna and I'm small as well and that's the thing like because people don't know what they want from me I'm I hate to be one of those people that's like, oh my God, I'm so small. But like in stature, I feel like I give tall people energy, but like yeah. I'm like five foot. Um, saying, I'm literally, it's so funny you say that because I'm literally five foot five or five foot four. But like the way yeah. that I move is literally like, hey, I'm I tall, should be chef. tall. I should, I really personally, I feel like there was some like paperwork that went missing when God was making me because I definitely, definitely, definitely should be 5'10". I definitely should. I always have felt like I should have. Because when people like to be, you're so small. But it's like, okay, if I'm so small, I'm so delicate, why am I not being protected? And it's because of my blackness doesn't allow, you know, and it's not my blackness is for, I appreciate my blackness, I love my blackness. But the way the world views my blackness, I'm not allowed to be a dumb blonde. I'm just not allowed. As tiny as I am, I'm not allowed to be protected. You know what I mean? And obviously, yes, Cassie herself, especially in season one, she went through some trauma, like um, the way that guy spoke to her. And what was very sick and twisted, I don't know if you remember season one, um, some guy went to talk to him, was like, you're not that interesting. 
um, it was like a, it went around like as a viral sound on TikTok in season one, and mm-hmm. it was like if anyone's ever told you you're not that interesting, I don't care about you. And oh, that's very traumatic. That's very yeah. traumatic. And then to be at was was she assaulted? I think she was assaulted. So, yeah, so that definitely. Well, I say trigger warning. She was assaulted, and she also had to experience. Um, so don't listen to the next one minute if you can't. But she also fell pregnant. Didn't she? Yeah. She fell pregnant yeah. with her boyfriend. And no, she watched her other boyfriend get assaulted. Yeah. And that's very traumatic. But then my thing is as well is McKay's trauma was just a moving point for hers. You know exactly. what I mean? And it's like, that could have been the perfect, I always say this, that could have been the perfect moment to talk about black masculinity and how, you know, black men are not allowed to express their trauma like they just have to move on you know and um like she as a girlfriend could have been there for him more i'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie 100%. like they, it was both of the traumatic experience for both of them but one person actually experienced it you know um mm-hmm. and it just, it just moved past it was just like okay whatever even with rue like rue is a black child you mean to tell me that rue walked into a room like if i left now yeah i've there's been times i've gone to the corner shop I'm yes. like, yeah, I'm going to the corner shop. I come back with a bag. What's in the bag? What's yeah. in the bag? Open the bag. My mom says to me, open the bag. What's in the bag? It doesn't mm. happen as much now as I'm older, but especially when I was younger. And I understand why my mom did that. Because it's like, what are you going out? When you get, I need to be in the loop. Yeah. You mix know, tell me your daughter has on your suit. Let me even try wear my mom's perfume. There's a problem. There's a, there's, my mom's like, we don't share things, bro. I'm not, this is not, if you thought this is what it was, it wasn't. So, that's what I mean. This one, it goes back to like the shortcomings of Sam Livingston being the only person in the writers' room. You yeah. drop the ball, you know, and the ball was even with even. I feel like I'm all over the place, but even no, with it's Kat, fine. I lit. You know what? See, you see, you're in my mind. You're in my mind because who was I just? Who was I just about to talk about? Cat shortcomings. Let's get into it. So Cat was one of my favorite. Is no, she is one of my favorite characters yeah. on that show. I loved the way that they talked about her in season one because the way that she was able to um, display such a modern um, topic of cam girling, of sex work, of um, finding confidence. I loved it. I was here for it because out of all, don't know everybody like. They show up and show out on that show. But the way that Kat dresses, hey, hey. She is a style icon. She's a style icon. And however, I do have like my my qualms with it because she still is underage. And I feel like when we're looking at the actors, we know that they're like 25. I know Zendaya. The thing Zendaya is like 25 now. She's been playing a teenager for like 10 10 years going on. Um, That girl, their age. Um, But... Like, I really feel like this season, I was expecting, like, I was most looking forward to Kat's storyline because that's who someone I relate to the mm-hmm. most. I feel like um, I'm not a big, big person. Like, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself big, but mm-hmm. out of my group of friends, I definitely am the biggest. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my mom about this uh, yesterday, and I was like, you know, it's hard for me to find confidence when I'm out with my friends that are smaller, that get a lot of attention. Because I know I'm not ugly. You, mm-hmm. This face card could never decline. Pretty people. Pretty people. I just couldn't, could never decline. However, when you're out in the real world and you're with your friends that are getting a lot of attention, Mm -hmm. especially like when I was growing up, I, 
it was it was very hard. It was very hard, and I was looking for confidence in various places where honestly I don't think I should have been looking for looking yeah. for confidence in those places. I was looking forward to catch storyline to be like, okay, she's now realised the dangers of you know because obviously I support I support sex work a hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent. I don't under, uh, I don't um, uh, support underaged. Because mm-hmm. she was underage mm-hmm. And I thought they were going to talk about the dangers Of underage um, things Because she, was, she wasn't prepared for that There's a lot of creepy people online I've experienced my fair share of creepy people online mm-hmm. You know um, So I was really looking forward to that, to that storyline And the episode where she had all these people saying Self-love, self-love it's hard to it's hard to love yourself When everyone who's shining at you to love themselves Is using Facetune It's like That part, that, that scene Iconic, amazing. And I loved it so much because like I've been um I'm a wellness enthusiast. Like my podcast is literally like spiritual well-being, uplifting people, all of that stuff. I've been into personal development since a young age. And honestly, there's nothing more jarring and irritating about this toxic positivity threshold that stamps on our necks with self-love. Like I feel like shit today, and I'm allowed to feel like shit. I do not need to be like love yourself to make myself feel better. And it's always from people who don't it's never from like a dark skin, black, fat, disabled woman. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be from these white babes who are like, yeah, and I just manifested this into my life. Yeah. And it's just like, shut up. Shut up, all of you. Yeah. Because it's giving money have- being 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like every time I see that stuff, and I had to actually, I had to do like a big cleanse on my Instagram, and I'm still kind of doing it mm-hmm. um, on following people that don't look like me. I mean, it's definitely like things where you know you follow people that I appreciate. You know, there's there's always gonna be people that I love. Like I listen to a lot of rap, so I'm always gonna listen like follow those people. Yeah. However, it got to a point where it was like I am um, when a waist trainer for like twelve plus hours. Why? Mm-hmm. I have to I have to ask myself where is that coming from? Yeah. You know. And um, especially now, as someone that does social media and stuff, as someone that like regularly posts on social media, um, I I kind of want to break that cycle. Like I'll come on there with my hair taken out in the middle of me doing my hair, yeah. in the middle of my makeup. You know, there's still crust in my eye yeah. because it's realistic. Like yeah. I know that the people watching the video are taking out their hair. The people are, like, there's been so many times I've done my hair and people are like, oh, I'm in the middle of doing my hair. Wish me luck as well. And I'm like. We're all in this boat together, yeah. but this whole thing of oh my god, love yourself is that some days you don't like. I'm gonna be honest. Some 100. days I don't. Some days I don't want to get out of bed, and then it's always from and they never want to show, which is completely their prerogative, but they don't want to show like the flip side, especially on social media. There's this pressure to always look good. And when I first started doing pretty people, uh, pretty people content. Um, I felt like this pressure to like okay, I need to come on here all the time with foundation. I need to come on here all the time with. And then I was like, I'm actually in the comfort of my own home. I'm not about to put on makeup yeah. just to just to film a video. So I was really looking forward to Kat's storyline. I was looking forward to her finding her confidence in herself. Yeah. You know, because I the confidence that Kat had in season one, it was great, but yeah. it, it didn't have a solid foundation. That confidence yeah. was gonna crumble. And it did. In season one, in season two, it did. And I was looking forward to that. Okay, she's gonna find it, you know, she's gonna. And then she's telling her boyfriend that she has a brain tumor. No, that was that was honestly like that scene was such a reflection of how poor Sam did her. Like he did her dirty. And I think no, like completely. 
I heard that they had like arguments on set, so that's why they weren't as that. That that's why she wasn't as much on in this season. But I don't care. Like, if you love your show and if you respect your show, you're going to like give it justice. But it did make yeah. me laugh as well because um, I remember seeing a tweet and someone was like, "Oh, um, I always think that um, I'm a bad writer, but then I realize stuff like this." Um, gets filmed and is one of the biggest shows and it was literally just a table read from Euphoria and it was a scene where McKay and Jacob were talking not Jacob sorry and Nate were talking and it was literally like a room talk it was like oh yeah you're gonna fuck her yeah you're gonna do this yeah you're gonna do this yeah yeah it was like and it was so dead and had no imagination and no creativity it was literally like bare minimum it was childish yeah and like Euphoria is one of the biggest shows in the in the world so the fact that something with that dead writing can be this talked about shows you that there's so many other people that need to get their writing or to get their scripts in the room and get their scripts getting funding so that they can have 10, 10 shows because Euphoria is pretty. It is beautiful, but yeah, like- Beautifully shot. Beautifully shot. Beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns. Be- beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns. Beautiful songs. It's kind of dead. Oh no! But what? Actually, let me say that there's, uh, there's been times where I've had to pause the show and be. Let me just add this to my Spotify. Shazam! <laughs> yeah, Shazam! I'm gonna need you to. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't exactly. worry. I've got you. But it just shows you how, like, how well. Yeah, you, you think two things can be true at the same time. Something can be good and something can be simultaneously bad. And I think, like, with Euphoria as well the way that they did Cat was a reflection of um, the lack of, I guess, confidence that they had in the character because I think, like, yeah. people don't realise and Sam may not even realise how much we love Cat. how out of all the girls, she probably was the most relatable because, like, yeah. she was just so, like, honest, she was shy and then she got confident, she was always online but sometimes not, she felt like an outsider amongst her friends, you know, like I think Kat is honestly one of the most, and she's so funny, like she doesn't even realise yeah. how like charismatic she is. she is. So when she had that scene with Ethan, who I'm shortly going to go talk about in a minute, when she had that scene of Ethan when she was breaking up with him, I was so annoyed because it was like she was trying to instigate like um, gaslighting and like manipulative like behaviour towards Ethan and Ethan just loved her for who she was. Like Ethan yeah. didn't care about anything he just liked her and then because she was so insecure on herself she projected those feelings onto Ethan I think Ethan yeah. got done dirty as well and I feel and not only that I think it's you know because it's fair to stop liking someone like it, it just sometimes it just happens you know sometimes you but think that you're in love and then you don't however it was like the way that it was handled it was like this doesn't make sense for Kat like for someone like Kat it does not make sense for her to, mm. to, to, to go out of her way and stay soft because in season one she was like brutally honest to the point of I was thinking to myself you're a bit rude I'm not gonna lie like exactly. your honesty is a bit much so <laughs> you know you from, so yeah it was like it's just like you're so honest and now you're just lying through your teeth Sam what's going on like what's actually what's going and this is what I'm saying like if you had people in the room because I'm gonna say this Michaela Cole would never Michaela Cole would, she, she would never, she would never. That's Versatility cool. on 10. Like I, this is what I'm saying. There needs to be, because there's not, there's not a shortage of black writers, you know, yeah. there's not a shortage of uh, people of color writers. Like 
you know, queer rights. Abundance, yeah. They just, but they just don't want to fund them because they don't have faith in them. But it's like, why? Because like, even yeah. like, if you look at the statistics for other stuff, it's like when black women really love something, money's going to get pumped into it. I mean, look at the hair industry. I, you like, took out are we separated at birth? Because I the feel way like that, you, you're in my mind. You're right here. Tell it. The front it. cortex. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because it's like, it's so annoying because it just doesn't make any sense. Like, look how many people were talking about it. And I also feel like the lack of um, black characters as well. But then 100. again, they are in like a predominantly white area. And me, I'm not going to lie, like, because I grew up and I still live in a predominantly black area. Yeah. To me, this show was unrealistic until I started, until people started coming out and being like, oh, hold on now. This is very realistic for what them man do over in their corner because I was never in that. Right. Someone did like you. There was no psychological torture. It was just, we're going to fight after school. Yeah. Fight it out and call it a day. Do you know what I mean? And move forward. You see them in the hallway, you might roll your eyes or whatever, but you know, yeah. it's resolved. But this... Like, because I, even before I started watching Euphoria, one of my friends was telling me about it. She was like, she went to school in a predominantly white area. Like, if they didn't like you, they were going to use psychological tactics. Like, you were going to feel like you're so, like, to the point where you're eating your lunch in the toilet. Yeah. But in my school, you didn't like someone. Cool, let's fight. Yeah. Like, let's go on ahead and fight. And it was so, it was so, Euphoria was almost like a documentary for me. Because I'm like, oh, people really live like this. Y'all really, you guys really live like this. This is too much for me. This is too much for me. You're actually so funny because it's true, because that's the thing. Like, it is just a reflection of different cultures and a reflection of different yeah. writers. Because, like, I think with, um, especially, let me just be specific. Like, the way that accessibility to drugs within the young teenage community of white people is just wild. It is, it is wild. You're just like, how did we get here? Like, how have you, at your age, found this like what yeah. is the trail so i think yeah. like to that degree sam sam is right because he lived in he, i think he grew up in la and the story is loosely based in his life on so him. like yeah, it's I think, loosely based on him yeah so i think the reflection especially in la i could imagine it being like heightened of like viarity you know mm-hmm. but then saying the same thing we could look to, up to um a we could go to a high school in scotland Right. And people from different cultures could also participate in these activities because of the accessibility there. I think yeah. when we talk about drugs, especially it's um, it's like a class culture and it's like a um, like uh, uh, I think it's a class culture. And I think it's also like a reflection of um, the community around you, because. Maybe if you were in a really like middle class white area, you're gonna see cocaine. But maybe if you were in like an area in um, the outside of Scotland, you might see heroin. Do you know what I mean? Like there's just yeah. different levels to drugs. I don't think, um, I mean, personally, I think all drugs could be decriminalized because when they're decriminalized, yeah. then the resources can go to actually help people like yeah. get out of them. But then equally, I think because people are afraid to talk about drugs and how it affects the community and how it affects the accessibility, especially to lost teenagers who want to feel something. It, it It's layered. It, it's so, 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 yeah. so layered. But I, I actually and- talk about this in another um, podcast episode, but I'm hoping to manifest like, a, like either a doctor or like a, a drugs uh, and addiction behavior, um, 
behavior counselor because I want to talk to someone who actually knows their shit and not just talk yeah. about you know theories because yeah. loads of people pass and loads of people get really like strong addictions and it's sad that like um so many people go um well, just get into these behavior patterns. But I promise you, if they had companionship, if they had connection, if they felt secure in the things that were within them and around them, they wouldn't care for it. They really, really yeah. wouldn't care for it. It's and do you know what, better. actually, like I, having said like, okay, well, you know, in, uh, it's not fair for me to just say um, only like, or not only, but like white people, that's a white people thing. Because I feel like then when black people, because black people can do it as well, and I mean, we have them here. And I feel like when when I say stuff like that, it's just like, it it's sort of, it's harder for black addicts as well. Because like, I'm always going to be black and a black before anything. Um, this like, is going to, wait, do and, this again? Do this again? This is going to be the thumbnail. <laughs> but no, it's true. Like I, but um, having said that, I do wish that there was a black person in that show. Mm. You know, obviously Rue is black. Rue is black. Um, Rue's she black. has her black mother and stuff. And then but who's I definitely that, um, don't. Oh, who's that bad D? Who's the um, Lexi's um, assistant? She's like fuck Dakota. <laughs> black girl in, in the show. Yeah, she's a black girl. She's um, Lexi's assistant, and they do the play together. <laughs> Yeah, loved her. Loved her. I really feel like she didn't get enough screen time. She she was she was so like it was so nice to see a sweet black girl, like a sweet, yeah. dark skinned black girl with natural hair, just see her like, I'm not in the shits with you guys, I just want to support my friend. Like I really, I really appreciated seeing that. Cause it was like, it's all the time, and I get she was a side character, but it was like she brought just that little piece of Joy, joy. Yeah. like such a heavy heavy so, yeah. episodes and it was like oh my god it's so nice to see that like, you're not in the shit however i would have also liked for there to be a black person that was in the shit because it's like it gives other black people the chance because like rude to me she is i don't want to be one of those people like oh my god i don't see color but she's not written as a black girl yeah like whether i don't i feel they made the role for zendaya so i feel like yeah. they fixed that around that but she's not written as a black girl because yeah. certain things would not be happening like i know certain even people that are, grew up in like predominantly white areas mm. you know their parents their family the community is more involved mm. in that so it would have been nice to see how you know a black girl or black boy with parents that are more involved, how that would have worked out, the differences in how maybe mm. Rue's mum would have handled a certain situation versus mm. how someone else's would have handled a certain situation. Because I just feel like, where are the parents in the show? Yeah, no, like, where is true. the community? It's true. Like, I think that's the thing. In the later episodes, we see that her community is literally her mum and Ali. And I think, like, that's not and like even uh whoever plays Storm um whoever Storm Reed plays as well. I think they did her dirty as well because they were saying like, oh, she has a storyline. Her storyline was just, you know, not doing too good at crying because she has to deal with her sister. Exactly, crying. And it's unfair because like I like how this show shows how addiction influences your like inner circle. But yes, give me more of that. Show me how um Ali and um the sister were influenced by that. Don't give me one scene to satisfy because it's that's the thing. This is what I mean. Like this show teases you. It teases yeah. you. You want more, but it doesn't satisfy. And it's it's frustrating because it, it gets to a point where it's like, okay, 
how much teasing are we going to take? Like, how, how you know, how much can we take? I can't take all that teasing. Bro, like, come on. Like, at some point, we have to, at some point, we have to think about satisfaction. Like, at some, exactly. when it, like I said, like, when it got to, like, episode six, episode seven, episode seven, I was really worried. I was like, because someone, someone said online, oh, my God, season finale is next week. I'm like, season finale? Yeah. What do you mean season finale? We haven't wrapped up anything. anything. So how hectic is this last episode going to be? Like, so, no, that actually takes me to a good point before I get into the finale. So things that I didn't, I felt unsatisfied in, things that I was left out in. Okay, so who's Cal's son? Why did he piss on the floor like that? That was just a lot, right? Like, oh, actually, let me, before I say that, shout out to the hairstylist, who's also a black woman, love a black woman from infinity to infinity. To infinity. Because she, did you know in Carl's um, episode, you know when they did young yeah. Carl and yeah. um, his best friend, those were wigs. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Perry, are you listening? Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry, are you listening? You're going to need to take people's numbers, write it down, an email address, even as even an Instagram, a Snapchat handle, if you must. Tyler Perry, are you listening? Thank you very much for your time. Honestly, no, yeah. you, you are so funny. But that episode, I felt like Carl, no, Cal, he got attention, but it wasn't... Um, it wasn't, I mean, to be fair, he, there was a little ending with the sort of him and Nate butting heads at the end and being like, look, you're going to go down for this. But also I felt like it was very like, he took the picture and literally just left. So wh- who is this? Who's the person in this picture? Who's the son? Who's, it's who's like, who's what's the, son? the point of that teasing? Because there's people like, oh, some people are like, it's ashtray, some people are like, it's not ashtray. I, was, I just want to know That's who it is. Reach. I don't have time to be theorising. I don't know, who, like, I just, come on. Like, and it, for me, that that theory it didn't make sense like at first in season one I was like okay this could make sense mm. like then we got Ashtray's backstory I was like okay it does make sense it doesn't yeah. make sense for because I don't think uh Jacob Jacob I don't think uh Nate's mom has ever taken drugs she was never a drug addict so yeah. it didn't make sense for his storyline but I'm not gonna lie like you know those scenes where we're, where we're, we were we were forced because that's what I'm gonna say was we were forced to watch <laughs> Cal drive around LA yeah. I'm like we would actually be spending this time on cats. Hello. Honestly, like we wait. That was wasted screen time, Sam. Wasted. No, wasted. hundred percent. All because you wanted to be paid because I had a disagreement. It's just like, because mm, hmm. like, Cal's storyline to me, it was like it was nice, you know, because it was an explanation. It wasn't an excuse in it. It's yeah. just why he behaves the way he behaves. It's definitely not an excuse. You know what I mean? Um, but then it was like, okay, cool. Let's nip this in the bud now. We have our explanation. Okay, moving forward, moving yeah. along. Like, how does how did his effect a behavior affect everyone else? Exactly. Like, we saw how it affected Nate. We saw how because in turn, if you think about it, um, Cal's behavior not only affected Nate, Nate's brother, Nate's mother. It affected Maddie. It affected Cassie. Like, we need to see all that. And I don't think it's fair that we didn't get a real breakdown of Maddie's feelings because even when she was talking. And that babysitting kid, I just think that they wanted a scene with a nice house and they had to explain why she was in that nice house. Uh, That's literally it. Because the babysitting thing... Like I was, I was supposed to be like, oh, this woman is, uh, she's a weirdo. And I was like, you know what? It's about time that we shine a light on older women that prey on young kids. I was like, this is going to be it. This is going to be groundbreaking. We are about to have all of it. Cause she had a, like, what was the point of the camera then? Like, what was the point of the camera? Like, I was like, okay, this is, this is it. 
one thing that I do did actually really like from their relationship was when um, they're in the swimming pool. She's talking to Maddie about how she was the other woman with her friends. And she said this line, it was like, um, he gave me the right attention at the wrong time. And it always stuck with me because I think that is actually so influential to why people get into problematic relationship dynamics because it's satisfying. Yeah. It's like a satisfying distraction, you know? So that's one thing that I did really like, but you're so right because like general business being in that house, but also, oh, you know what? I did actually like the scene. I like the scene when she's trying all those different gowns. I did like it, but I was like, we're going to go into something more. Like, this is going to foreshadow something more. Because in season one, it felt like every tiny detail had a reason as to why it was there. And I feel like Sam, he wanted details, but he didn't have enough time. You know? He didn't have enough time to fill them in. Do you think he didn't have enough time for season two? I don't know. I think he... Again, it goes back down to being, I don't think it's a, I mean, look at, again, Tyler Perry. Like, look at people that make shows and TV, uh, TVs and movies and all that stuff, and it's just them in the writer's room. You do not have, you do, you're not, um, you know, you don't have all this experience under your belt. You yeah. know, you don't have time. You need someone to be like, oh, did you forget about this? Did you forget about No, Because right. it just felt like you forgot about that. No, you completely You right. know? I, yeah, no, sorry, go on. I thought I thought it was going to be something more than what it was. I thought we were going to get into into some shenanigans. I thought you know that was going to be like Maddie, you know, when Nate was doing that foolishness on the bed with yeah. a gun and try, threatening to kill himself. I was like, okay, she he's been recorded. Like Maddie has a camera in her room, you know, yeah. because it was like the foreshadowing from. And then it just wasn't, and I was like, okay, what about? And then it was like. You know, beautiful gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> but can we have some? Can we have? And then not only that, I feel like it's not fair again because Maddie is a woman of color, in it, yeah. and women of color, black women, we we always have to be strong. Yeah, we have to be strong for not only ourselves but for others around us. When she was explaining how hurt she was to um to the mother of the child that she was babysitting, yeah. I, I wanted to see her cry. Yeah. I wanted to see her cry. Like, I wanted to see her express because she has to be able to, like me, like I said, I'm a big crier. I encourage yeah. all my friends to cry. Everyone yeah. around me at one point, I've been like, cry, just, just let it out. Just let yeah. it out. Just cry. You know what I mean? And it was like, the fact that she didn't, and when she did cry at the end, it was a, like that whole situation with Nate and a gun in the bed, that was a lot. You know, that, that was a was lot. Traumatic. That was you know honestly I mean? terrifying. That was literally like school shooter kind of shit. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I just wish that, you know, because there was nothing she could have done about Nate breaking into her room because Nate is just just an evil, evil person. Evil. But it's like, I really I feel like that shouldn't have been the point where she cried. She should have yeah. cried at least a few more times because it's like, and that's why, and I think of some people are going to be like, well, you know, that's why Cassie was jealous of her because Cassie was like, Cassie had this depiction that she's so strong, but that's Cassie's depiction. And that's that Cassie's shouldn't problem. Have to, that's Cassie's problem. Like, you need people can be like, oh, you know, I feel like you're so strong, you're so strong. No, but I'm going to cry. Like, yeah. I don't, don't put this label on me because I refuse to let that. Like I said, I'm yeah. in my dumb blonde bag. I yeah. refuse for that label to be stuck on me. 2022. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very delusional. Everyone around me is delusional. I can't have people around me that are realistic, you know, because it's like, 
when you're not delusional, when you are being that strong black woman, at the end, who does it affect? It affects you. It affects you. Like, you have to do... Like, okay, for example, a little anecdote time. I wasn't as confident as I was, like, in secondary school. Um, like, I... If any pictures of me from secondary school was to ever resurface, just yeah. know that my page is gone. I'm deleting my social media presence. It was just too embarrassing. Yeah. But I was never as confident as I was. I was like dark skin. And like I said, like out of my friends, I was kind of like one of the chub chub ones, you know, you could see it. And yeah. looking back at it, I wasn't even that big, you know, yeah. but that's the story for another day. And um it was just this like constant wanting to be like strong. Like I had to keep up this. I'm so tough. I'm so like, oh my God, like I would never, if I did cry, it was like, I would do it in a way that like no one could see me. I didn't want anyone to see me. And I'm like, who does that affect? It's me. You exactly. know, I had to come, I had to come home and cry and no one was, and felt like I couldn't go to no one to get yeah. that help. You know, now I'm going to cry in front of everyone and everyone is going to give me the sympathy that I deserve. No, you're gonna come up to me. You're gonna you're gonna hug me. You're gonna be like, it's gonna be all right. You know, you know what mm. I mean. Especially at that young formative age, mm. I wish I would have had more of that. I wish I would have had more moments where I feel like I could cry and just let it out. You know, yeah. I'm grateful. I had a teacher that was very open with me, but it's like, imagine if I didn't have that. Exactly. Imagine if I didn't have that. That you know, if imagine because I remember I had a. a for like most black women, when they're growing up, they have like a black woman that they look up to. Mine was my mom and one of my English teachers. Mm. And I would never forget her. She said to me, you know, you're a black woman. You're, it's unfortunate. You're going to have to work as hard, like two times harder. But yeah. when you're with me, you're a little girl. Yeah. You can cry. I'm going to give you that space to cry. You know what I mean? Um, but it's not all the time I, my 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 um, chin is going to be held high. Yeah. You know, and I feel like it would have it would have been so monumental if we could have got more moments that like Cassie could see. Wait, if this girl that I think is so strong is crying about this, maybe this boy isn't as great as I've cracked him up to be. But that's the thing, it's a you know, it's like that's her best mate at the end of the day. So at some point, you would have seen her cry, and it shouldn't have taken yeah. you. And that's the thing. This is what this particular white woman, aka Cassie, she heightens her romantic relationships like anything else comes second to that and that's the thing like because she doesn't find that emotional investment and the emotional proudness she finds her worth through romantic relationships she thinks she can act away and it's sad because I think Cassie's actually like quite realistic like I've seen many Cassie's come before and it's depressing so like now I just avoid Cassie's because it's like I everybody has insecurities but Cassie is an insecure person. And because she is an insecure person, that is why her relationships are going to suffer around her because she's always going to do something that's tit for tat. Whether it's her sister, whether it's her best friend, whether it's her mum, shout out Cassie's mum because she's a great actress. Um, Great. Absolutely. Actually, you know what? That takes me to the next topic that I want to talk to you about. So let's get into it. Season finale, Lexi's play. Shout out, Lexi. I just want to say, shout out, no, shout out to Lexi, yeah. But I know that school, they're going to be eating bread and water for the next two years. Where did they find the money for that, for that, um, for that production? Moving stages, moving stages. Bro, so you mean to tell me that you had money? Half of the students, half of your school population is traumatized. None of you can find like three therapists to have on rotation. No, but you got, 
You can't find therapists, but you're able to move stage. Move stage? My school, we had a backdrop. Sometimes you actually imagine a backdrop. Like, we didn't, like, if we didn't make it, there was no backdrop. That was it. It was done. But it's like, Lexi's play, I loved it. I really did love it. Um, I love how Cassie could see that this was her. Yeah. And I love her, but the fact that she was still trying to be like, no, I, because I truly believe if we would have let that play play out, because I think it did play out in the end, mm. she didn't mention anything about um, Cassie's wannabe character in the play. She, um, um, sleeping with, I think yeah. the character's name was Martha's, sleeping with Martha's boyfriend. She never said that, you know, she kept that. See, it's you and your insecurities that yep. projected that mm-hmm. and let everyone be known that this is what happened. And that was never going to be in the play. That was yep. never going to be in play. And it just shows how much of an insecure person you really, truly are. Mm-hmm. You know? Like... And it's jarring, because the thing is, like I said before, like, there's nothing wrong with having insecurities. We're human. Like, I think being insecure yeah. is like, what we sign up to when we bloody... Or having insecurities is what we sign up when we enter these bloody flesh suits. But it, the fact that when pe- insecure people, they'll make their insecurity everyone else's problem, and they'll make them suffer in spite of it. And I think it was so selfish of Cassie to go on stage, shout up and down, up and down, because she was upset. Out of the whole period when Martha, aka Maddie, found out about um, you sleeping with her ex, she kept quiet. She kept on pushing. Yeah. She tried to tell you about herself, but you ran away and hid yourself in the bathroom. Yeah. You know? And it's the lack of accountability as well. It's the lack of accountability. The fact and you're doubling down on it you know mm-hmm. you're doubling down you're like, I'm crazy I'm cr-. no you're just sad or like I hate Literally. to break it to you my love it's quite your behavior is quite sad you know exactly. um it, it was just like that whole play <laughs> my I was really glad to see that Rue didn't act up and Rue wasn't the one that was like do not because it was really shit you know like there were moments that I was like Lexi this isn't your trauma yeah no like, especially when they're talking about grief when they're talking about grief yeah. and her father's passing I was like whoa I was like, this isn't your trauma, you know what I mean? Like, like for me, it's okay for me to make jokes about my dad, yeah. not you, you exactly. know, um, kind of thing. And that was just because Cass. Uh, that's the thing. Lexi has her own grief that she could have drew from because gr- grief doesn't necessarily mean you've lost someone and you've gone to another realm. One hundred grief, like, could just mean you've someone has left you, someone you've been abandoned. Because that's what happened to her. She could have pulled from that. You know, yeah. and it's I like just think it's very like you're grieving the relationship that that you um, that once was. You know, I think yeah. I think like because that wasn't sort of showcased in the show, it can be a bit sensitive. But I did also like the fact that they were able to come together, also yeah. part of it. But I mean, I guess that was one good thing that came out of the play. Like sometimes. Not everybody has that experience, so it's nice to have that composure and just have that connection. Yeah, yeah and if Rue liked it, I loved it. I'm not gonna lie. Because yeah. if she would have overacted, so would, so would I. I'm not gonna lie. Um, because I feel like for me it was a bit insensitive, but I liked that it gave. Because I think at that point Rue was like starting her sobriety journey, like she was mm. starting again, and um, I think it's the push that she needed to see herself. Yeah. You know, like she said, like she said, this is the first time I've seen myself and I wasn't like disappointed or disgusted. And that was really nice to see. However, it was just a bit like, it is, it does give, I'm not gonna lie, it slightly does give 
classic white woman where you think that you can draw from other people's experiences and profit profit off of it. You know, it does give that. But if Rude, like I said, if Rude liked it, shit, I loved it. You know? Exactly. So no, that's so not true. Um, well, as I uh, close up, actually, no, I've got two questions before I close up or two topics I wanted to close up. Um, Ethan, let's give him his flowers because... Let's my give flowers. Why can dance? He can shake. He can move. And I'm so happy that also he was able to be himself in spite of cat. Um, because, like, I think sometimes in relationships or sometimes on TV relationships, we only know two people in communion with each other. But yeah. it was like, you know what? Cat hasn't been great to me, but I'm still going to do my thing and enjoy this play because I'm going to have a good time. He was giving wigs. He was giving character. He was giving icon, you know, playing um, Lexi's mum, then switching to playing Nate, playing to all these people. And yeah. I love the, um, I love the dramaticness of the last scene where everybody's dancing of, I need a hero. Because like... Yeah, I love that. I love it was that. so like... Especially because the thing is with narcissists like Nate, you 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 can't um, play them. You just have to show them loudly. Like they will always think they have the upper hand because they're a narcissist. But what I loved about that um, scene was the fact that oh, you want to be embarrassed. Let's you want to embarrass others. Let me embarrass you. Let's get in the same trouser together. Let's all feel embarrassed because me, I have no shame. I can dance. I can do all these signs, but I still affirmed my identity with my affirmed in my sexual identity. That doesn't phase me. But you, yeah. childish man, want to embarrass everyone, and then when. You get embarrassed when the shoes are on the foot. You want to cry. You want to run out. Cry, you want to yeah. say that's homophobic. Phobic. You want to say that's homophobic. Well, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, what do you think about people that are saying, you know, I can see what Nate is saying about it being homophobic? I mean, the thing is, I want to say, the thing is, it's annoying because I'm one of those people, I'm like, yes and no. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, that's fine. I think yes to a degree, because it's like queerness, um, homosexuality is not just to do with sexuality. And I hate that, like, through our history and through society, people have, like, conjoined them too long as, like, we've grown up. Like, just because someone's gay doesn't mean that they're going to, like celebrate sex do you know what I mean like sex yeah. like the, the actual activity and the sexual culture isn't just referred to um to the gays to the gays in the days you know yeah. and it's just annoying how um in society we do still see that in life like people think like I always think like to be a queer person like I don't want to just go clubbing like I don't want to just meet queer people on a night out like I want to talk to you like why is there something to do with like partying and sexualness and just like nightlife that is so around around queerness and I know and I understand that there's a lot of underground scenes and the history so I always respect the culture but I do think um if people want to get into the like the the facts of like how I guess homosexuality or queerness can only be celebrated in one facet I think that's sort of homophobic in nature but then I don't think it's homophobic because it was a celebration of um dancing activity like sort of just doing enjoyment and like being free it's it's weird because let's say if they weren't 
Okay, so let's say if they were fully clothed and they didn't have that massive, you know, literally balls like at the back yeah. of it, would it be homophobic? You know, like there's there's certain layers to why it was I, fun and it was free, but also it didn't need to be that sexualized. Yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely feel like it was like so when was like, okay, we are still in a high school. Yeah. You know, like I understand safe sex and all that stuff. Um, and like you said, like, you know, the whole um queerness being linked to like overly sexual people yeah. when that's really not the case. Um, I think that, like you said, is homophobic in nature. However, I do think if you spend enough time with men and having like conversations or not even just having conversations, observing conversations with men, there's a lot of homoerotic, romantic behaviors that they like to display. Like this locker room talk, you know, a even lot of the time it's like, like, yeah, it's like, a I don't want to say like, very homoerotic. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I'm not saying, you know, this is gay because I feel like you have to be, to be gay, you have to be attracted to the other sex. I def- but I definitely yeah. see that, like, you want to be free, you want to have these discussions because with my girls, like, I could have a discussion um, about, like, my queerness and stuff and it's not really a big issue, but I feel like, and that's the thing, this is what I'm saying, like, hyper-masculinity does not benefit anyone. 100. Anybody, because um, it affects the people that aren't, um, you know, men or the, you know, align with being a man or whatever. But it also affects men because now men, because they'll be like, oh, no one cares about like our feelings, but you don't want to open up about your feelings. You don't even mm. know how to begin to open up about your feelings. So you just do it in this way of like locker room talk, you know, of this like, oh, how was it? It's like, talk about your feelings, bro. Talk about your feelings. Yeah. You, would, you would get really far if you did. Hypermasculinity doesn't benefit anyone. It actually costs a lot of people. And if people, are um like if people date others who are hyper masculine it can actually cost them their safety and security yeah. and it can be really really like challenging like we saw it in um Jules's storyline when she got with car with cow because like he wants to express himself but because he had didn't have the freedom of converse- communication to his wife he uh, like he held it in the like behind the scenes yeah. and no one found out and it's like that's not okay you know I think I think especially to be fair I, I want I want to see more shows that celebrate queerness I think with um euphoria I love how gender fluid it is like they yeah. literally write without no gender but I also wish I could see the benefit not the you just see things championed not just being present but seeing things being championed and uplifted and affirmed because I think when we see shows like that it's more affirming like have you ever watched Pose? No I haven't I was meaning to don't shout at me y'all no 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 no. (laughs) I highly recommend it it's very like I can't lie it's emotional so you will cry like you definitely will cry if you watch it but like that was such it was like realistic but also complete celebration like it Mm. was so affirming and it made me like just feel so in awe with all the characters and all their storylines because it's not hiding what happens to black um and women of color um of um gender uh like variety whether they're trans whether non-binary and all of the um and well everything and anything I think 
And that show was really good with showcasing storylines, but also championing queerness. And that's what I'd like to see more. Um, well, we've been talking for a lot. We've been talking for a lot. But I guess that's it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a lot. I know, I love it because it just shows you like we literally met today and look at us, just just vibes, just talking, you know. And but I, I was gonna say yeah. this is this is the beautiful thing about being a black woman. I feel like when you see another black woman, like I was in a club the other day and I seen a black woman, we just started dancing, we just started vibing. Mm. And I just, I just like some of you watching might not know that because you're not a black woman. Sucks yeah. to be you, but it's like I really there's some there's something so beautiful about that community. Like I just I love oh. it. I I'm so grateful to be a black woman because um, no honestly because even there's even takes like when I see other black women I'm like mm, I don't necessarily agree with this I'm not gonna lie I don't even necessarily agree with this but you're a black woman <laughs> unless you say something like outlandishly crazy then it's like okay. wild it's yeah like, but it's like, no seriously but I, there's just something so beautiful in our, in in the community of black women like it's just. I love it. I love, I love it. it. I love it. I love it. I'm so grateful. Honestly. Um, well, I've got one more question or like one more um like question to ask you before we wrap up. If you had to give a rating out of 10 for season two of Euphoria, what would it be? And why? See, my spirit wants to say eight, but my realistic brain with sense is saying four because for we haven't really spoke about this but ashtray being uh, the way ashtray was oh uh, yes oh my god (laughs) no it didn't make sense it didn't make sense um i feel like one of those african aunties just like all right everyone kids come on let's go home let's go home and then they stand up and then they go back and sit back down but honestly like for me, what like what really tainted it because it was going downhill for me. But when Ashtray was killed, when Ashtray stabbed that guy in the neck, yeah, I was like, was... "This doesn't make sense for his character." No one can tell me that that makes sense for Ashtray's character because he is so calculated. And not only is he calculated, he knows um, he knows um, Fez more than anyone else on the show. Yeah. If Fez, they have this certain communication um, where it's like Fez could look at him in like a and yeah, he goes, literally. that means don't do it. That means do it. So when he was looking at him like, don't do it, don't do it. Why did you do it? Are you Chloe and Hanny? So what true. are you doing it for? He's not like impulsive. it was just like he's done. He's, he's not. He does things which are like no. He isn't. Remember when he locked off that guy in season one? That was impulsive. But also he it made sense. It made sense because that guy was wacko. He was absolutely insane. So no, you're completely right. I can't believe we've got through this whole show and we didn't even talk about Fez and Ashtray. Ashtray, he, I love him because he's a ride or die. I love his relationship with Fez. Fez's storyline, even at the, I think the first episode being Fez's storyline, iconic, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But the fact that they did Ashtray dirty in a way that was very like um, awkward and very like, like all those guns, all those like all that death, like it was just very. It was, yeah, it just felt like it just, and then the way they kind of skimmed past it, it was just like did we not just like watch the same thing right here? Like now, Rue is just leaving, walking down a hallway, saying, "Yeah, I was there before you." Okay, what about your drug dealer's brother? What's going what on there? Drug dealer's brother. What about the you? At the end of the day, Rue, you. I, I'm happy that you're sober. Amazed. Proud. 
But you still owe I mean, someone ten grand. You still owe someone ten grand. And she's that's what I'm saying. She's tapped the person that you owe ten grand. I saw your arm. I saw your arm before you that dropped was, off that, that pen. So make it make sense, Rue. Make it make sense. It didn't, it didn't like this is what I'm saying. You cannot have, and this is, I don't know who to blame here. If I need to blame Sam Levinson for deciding that he was gonna be the only writer in a writer's room, or if I blame myself for knowing that he's the only writer in a writer's room and still watching the show, knowing that he at one point is going to drop the ball. You know what I mean? And it was like that that's it just didn't make sense. And I know I said we're gonna wrap this up, but no, no, he, we're here. We're here. The the when you know when we first was introduced to the drug dealer, I forget her name. I really forget her name. Laurel. Um, Laurie. Uh, yeah, Laurie. When we introduced to Laurie, I me I was immediately scared. I, I was immediately scared. scared. Terrified. Then that I was doing voice. some. Hi. Didn't mean shit to me. It didn't mean shit to me. That her be like, hi. Do you want some food? No, I don't want some food actually. No, I don't. Because at the end of the day, and this is what I'm saying, like that. Keep the way we are socialized to see white femininity really stopped a certain demographic of people from seeing how dangerous this woman truly was. Mm-hmm. She is a drug dealer. No matter how you try and put it, no matter how many ice cream bars she gives you, no matter how many bowls of oatmeal she offers you, she is a drug dealer. She made people strip naked. You know, she is a dangerous woman. She said to Ruth, if you fuck with me, I have some people that would really love that you're Nyash. You know, so when people like to me, I didn't expect Lori to do this to her. What do you mean you didn't expect Lori to do this to her? I did. I thought she was gonna. I thought she was honestly. I thought she was gonna grab, tell her henchman to grab her from her from her that her bedroom in that her house. I honestly, that's what I thought was gonna happen. I was like, there's no way you guys are telling me that you weren't scared of this woman. You know what I mean? And it just goes to show, like when we have shows like this, and you know, there's so many people watching it, you get to see how so many people are so in different ways how so many people you know how can you confidently hop on twitter and be like i wasn't scared of a drug dealer that told me i should be scared of them and then you're asked the question you're like okay why did you think that is it because she was white because if no no word of a lie if someone like i don't even know if if like even if a black woman was playing Laurie's character, people would have been up in arms scared mm-hmm. if, they, if it was a dark skin black woman who had played Lori, people would have been scared immediately. Immediate. There's no way about, there's no way that they wouldn't have been scared. You know, I can't believe it took certain people until they had to see Rue jumping out of that window to realise, wait, Lori's someone not to be fucked with. And it's not even like, you know how like, obviously, you know how like there's um, drug dealers at different levels, you know? Like Lori's at the top. Yeah. Like we yeah. saw all those suitcases. Like she's yeah. getting money, right? Money. By the sheer, the, by the sheer fact that the first time they met, matey boy. So yeah, Lori is a scary woman. Be scared of her. Everybody should be, be scared sc- here. No, like literally, there's so much going on that you should be scared of right now. And you being scared of like someone like Elliot, like I get it. Elliot is evil. However, let's focus our attention on the bigger evil here, okay? Honestly. Like, I just didn't understand why people were just not scared of her. I was like, this is actually, she's a very scary woman. Like, if I was to see that woman, I'm like, I'm not interacting with you. Bro. No, I'm, that high I'm crossing the road. I'm crossing the road. Clutching my pearls, clutching my bag, and I'm crossing the other way. I'm going the other way. Like I said, I'm not going to stop saying I'm in my dumb blonde face. I'm yeah. going to, I, hello? 
Oh my Touch God. my pearls. Scary. I'm scared. Scary. I'm scared. No, mm. that was right. I, I understand your rating. I think I'm I'm going to give Euphoria season two. Um, I'm going to give it five. I'm just going to give it five. I'm going to go bang in the middle. Well, well no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go in the middle of what you said, because like, it was entertaining, beautifully shot, but as an act, like a TV show needs to be written well to be exciting. Like mm-hmm. three out of eight episodes were good. And that was the first one, the first episode, the episode when Rue was doing up and down, up and down um, yeah. stunt double. And then what episode? I think the second to last episode with Lexi's play Maybe the last episode just because of Lexi's play, but what they did to Ashtray. Um, oh, who's that babe with the big lips? I forgot her name. Faye. Faye. What Faye, Ashtray, and um Fez in the last two episodes, it could have done so much better. They could have done it, it so done much better. So many and like and you know what I heard as well on the sorry to cut you off on no, the Twitter sphere. Um was that it was supposed to be Fez that was gonna die. Yes. And I was like, what do you mean, Sam? What do you mean? Like, that? it just doesn't, no matter how, and also, 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 if you want to get to the crunch of the cookie, there were so many things from season one, like we said, that wasn't resolved. But one of the things was, you know, um, it was starting to be resolved, you know, with with, uh, Faye's boyfriend being like, oh, they know that Fez um, killed that guy from season one. It was like, where are we go? So where are we going from this? Mm-hmm. You know, where are we? And I don't think it's realistic. Maybe I'm not. I'm not in LA. I don't live in LA. But I really don't think it's realistic for them to, for the police to go on a big shooting spree with a twelve-year-old white boy. Exactly. I don't we think have seen. We've seen white boys do school shootings and they are being escorted out and being. I mean, taken to to KFC, taken to Burger King to get something to munch. You know, they're taken out with their heads attached on their bodies. Exactly. You know, um, so it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And I think like as well, because like, you know, when you, you sometimes you have that many, that many police when you think they're doing a drug raid, you know, like you don't have, is there that pol- many police when someone, I mean, I'm, I'm not in a crime of law. I'm not in LA. I don't know how the police system works there, but like they'd, they, if, if they were doing a police raid, no, actually in season one, they do do a police raid and look how many people was there and everyone yeah. was okay. But the second time when they're looking for someone who has a, um, attached microphone, they want to call all the shots, which is very confusing. They want to kick down the door. It's like very weird because it's like, I feel like in situations like that, but then again, please be, policing yeah. uh, so, I mean the police don't do shit to me don't do shit that makes sense to me but then again yeah exactly. let's not get into that BLM. <laughs> that's another podcast um, another day <laughs> you know what I mean but um it's like it just didn't make sense because I would think in a situation like that they would have to monitor, monitor the situation because nothing was actually admitted you know yeah. and it, obviously he got killed and blah blah so I think that's why yeah. they chimed in but it was like I don't know. It sort of makes sense to me. I'm not going to lie to you. It's this. It doesn't make sense. I yeah. think I'm going to rewatch it later on. No, yeah. I, I might even join you because, like, I find it entertaining, but then also, like, I just feel like there's sh- there was there's so much that could have that could have happened. So yeah, Sam, if you're listening to this, fix up or get me and Georgine in the writers' room with you because 
Well, Tyler Sigler. <laughs> like something something needs to you and Tyler Perry we need to have an intervention you guys need to we need to sit down and have a conversation about what is going on with you two 100% no honestly oh Georgine you've been amazing you have been thank amazing you. so have you you've been so easy to talk to oh thank you and you know yeah. I just love how this is literally the first time that we're meeting like yeah, this, well, virtually this true. and like no yeah. I've You've been an absolute pleasure talking to, and I I'm not gonna lie. To Pardon? Sorry, I'm not gonna lie to you. The next time we do a podcast, I'm going to be sat right in front of you because I'm someone when I talk, I want to hit people. I want to. I'm I'm inviting myself. I don't. I I really don't care if you want me there or not, but I'm inviting myself. The next time we do something, I'm gonna travel. You know, no, hundred percent. We will have a set I don't live too far. Well, I'll, I'll let you know after this, um, after we've yeah. ended, but I'd love to reconnect with you. Let's manifest me a studio. Let, let's be specific with our manifestations. I will. Come on now. I would love to manifest a podcasting studio so me and my guests are able to record in person and have beautiful visual content to assist yeah. the audio. Ashane, amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Honestly, it's going to be lit. We're going to give you all the content, give you all the TV show reviews. Um, Could you leave um, listeners with your socials so they know where to find you? Um, You can follow me on Instagram, TikTok. What other socials do I have? Instagram and TikTok um, on Georgine uh, G-E. Um, If you want to follow me, um, follow the podcast, Instagram. It's at DM Talks. If you want to follow my TikTok, it's going to be DM Zero Sarah, S-E-E-R-A-H. I've got a new... Discord chat. So all you spiritual babes, all you um, people that want to meditate, everyone who wants to talk and just get vibesy and just uh, be a part of my community. Um, I'm going to put the link in the show notes because I just, you know, I want to engage with my podcasting people, you know, so I think that'll be fun. You can book a tarot reading with me at my website, at, on my website, dmsarah.com. And yeah, I think that's it. You've been amazing. It's been amazing. amazing. I shall see you guys next week. Bye.